So this is a little bit about me and where we're going in the future. Um, let's just read this scripture right quick. <clears throat> Philippians 2, 25 through 30. It says, but for now, I feel a stirring in my heart to send Epaphroditus back to you immediately. He's a friend to me and a wonderful brother and fellow soldier who has worked with me as we serve as ministers of the gospel. And you sent him as your apostle to minister to me in my need. Now he is grieved to know that you have found out he has been sick. So he longs to return and comfort you in this. It's true, he almost died. But God showed him mercy and healed him. And I'm so thankful to God for his healing. As I was spared from having the sorrow of losing him on top of all of my other troubles. So you can see while I'm delighted to send him to you now, I know that you are anxious to see him and rejoice in his healing and it encourages me to know how happy you'll be to have him back. So warmly welcome him home in the Lord with joyous love and esteem him highly for people like him deserve it. Because of me, he put his life on the line, despising the danger so that he could provide for me with what you couldn't since you were so far away. And he did it all because of his ministry for Christ. Okay. So um, I'm just going to share with you a little bit of what happened to me in these last couple of weeks in the last few years. Help you know about there are four major changes that I'm making. Excuse me. Four major changes that I laid, made uh, permanently, 100%. There's some things that you don't segue into. You know, I'm going to try. We don't need you to try. Just jump off the ship. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. And so there's some things. And so I'd like you for you to learn from my mistakes so that you don't make the same mistakes. Some of you are called to ministry like I am. Um, this is a good life lessons period, whether you're in ministry business or you're just a busy mom. Um, and uh, so, uh, um, but the Bible says that pastors are examples to the flock. Um, we're not an example of how, of course, far you can go. You can go much further. But uh, we're supposed to be examples to the flock. And so examples of good and sometimes examples of what not to do, you know. But um, for the last few years, I have been putting my life on the line and despising the danger that comes from uh, too much output and not enough input. That's probably, um, you know, some people, you know, got there's different dangers with ministry. And, you know, people crack me up talking about you shouldn't do something because it's dangerous. It's dangerous to take your dog to the dog park. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you're not supposed to go. It's dangerous to drive in the rain in the dark, you know. So, just whatever. But um, um, probably one of the most dangerous things that I have for a leader is the easiest trap to fall into is too much output and not enough input. Um, I, they did a uh, little census one time, and I think it was like uh, 95% of pastors only read the Bible in order to preach. And so uh, that's very, 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 very dangerous. And so, you know, dealing with counseling, the problem, it's, and let me tell you this, because we spent such a long time to build this foundation and now getting ready to just move with speed and do some things, the problem is it's worse when no one can walk in this door with a problem that we can't solve. Uh, can't solve. And so that becomes even worse because now you recognize that 
It is true. Jesus gave us all power to solve all problems and the things that we have instituted over the years and the things that we have learned. And, and, and then on top of that, Jesus said in the last days, there'd be a famine for the gospel. So there'd not be a lot of places you could go to and get the full unadulterated truth with the power. And so, uh, you know, just reinstituting things, you know, uh, we're already a supernatural church, but then, you know, dreams, visions, the prophetic, you know, uh, demonology, deliverance, inner healing, all of those things. Well, what happens over a period of time is that you begin to offer those things to the world. And, and so, like, at this point, you know, we have people that just fly here and just drive here every month now just to receive that one ministry of inner healing and deliverance. And so, and so when you see how big the problem is, you begin to overextend yourself. And so, you know, let me tell you something. <clears throat> Scientifically, this type of ministering, we're not talking about somebody that's reading off of a piece of paper and these little dry sermons that Jesus would be like, oh, you know, but this type of ministering, one hour is the equivalent of working eight. Now, when you imagine... <laughs> Some of the stuff that I do, <laughs> and, and again, I was, I mean, I mean, there have been times that I've preached and I may have done four or five hours of counseling before I got here. And, uh, and, and the problem is you can't tell because of the grace. The grace is a very dangerous thing. It'll empower you to keep on going even when you shouldn't keep on going. And the problem is, is that the, the, the power of God that rests upon you, see, in a, let me give you an example of something. Uh, ministry is the only platform where you have to teach all ages at the same time and they all have to get something. See, so typically, if she's a fourth grade teacher, she's teaching fourth graders. If she's a sixth grade teacher, sixth grade. You know, if 12th grade, it's 12th grade. Well, in ministry, you gotta, I gotta stand here and I have to teach all the age groups. And, and then all of the people groups from teenagers to children who get stuff out to teaching to from the 90 year old all the way down to the 20. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Different multi-ethnic type of groups, social economic backgrounds. And then everybody leaves like, man, I really got something. You can't do that in a natural. Something has to rest on you to give the ability for, to, uh, of one word to become a thousand. That takes power. And you can't see it, but it rests on it. So uh, there are times, you know, when I, I could tell when I was starting to go down this path, I'm done ministering and I'm fine. And then by the time you leave here, it feels like someone stuck a needle in your leg and s starts to suck the marrow out of your bones. It's a different type of tired. So when you add that, okay, and then you add counseling and then dealing with drama and then the devil trying to attack me at all times. So you, yeah, at, at the, the level that I play at, you are attacked so much by the devil, you don't even know you're being attacked. <laughs> it's like walking into a room that has a bad smell. After being there for a minute, you're just kind of used to it. You know what I'm saying? And so, so you don't even know it and, and until, you know, maybe he stops. I mean, it's just, you just get used to it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And so, so all of those things, um, I said something in our staff meeting the other day. And that is, we must all be careful because your love for people can cause you to overextend yourself. And, and you want so bad for people to get it that are never going to get it. You want so bad for people to hear it that I already have closed their ears. 
You want so bad for people to see it that have already closed their eyes. You want so bad for people to get it today, and they're not going to get it for 15 years. And, and instead of you letting it go, you just keep trying to pound and twist and pound. And, and, and the crazy thing is, is that you are destroying yourself. Because the power of God does kill you. If you don't spend time in prayer, how can I, it's, it's scientific. If you don't spend enough time in prayer, you don't spend enough time in the word, um, it's, it, that balance has to be there so when the other power rests upon you, it balances out and not destroys you. Y'all follow me a little bit? And so, and because the grace, it's power. It's, it's, it's killing, the power of God always kills flesh. And so every time I'm sitting out here preaching to you, preaching to you, my flesh is dying. You have to be strong, and the Lord gave me four instructions to change in that regard. And so as a result of all of that output, and that's just a little bit, you know, I was already tired uh, when I went into that warfare with the witches last uh, year with all of that drama, you know what I'm saying? I went into that empty, which is very dangerous. That's very dangerous what I did. Uh, I went into a war tired. I went into a war on E. <laughs> and that's very, very dangerous because the way I acted a fool, you would have thought I was on F. No, I was on E. And then that's draining me five times as faster as anything else that I've done. And you just keep on going and you just keep on going and just keep on going. It's like scraping the bottle of a pan to get some more meal out or oil out. And because there's nothing there, you start actually scraping the pan and you cook it thinking that it's actually meal when it's actually the pan that you're cooking. That's another way of explaining it. And you just keep doing it and you just keep doing it and you just keep doing it. And so right before you get ready to explode and, and do all of the things that we're getting ready to do, um, I don't know, if you, if you don't get it correctly, you know, the Lord will just sit you down. You know, we read about this guy, you know, he got off track. He just did. And the Lord had to have mercy on him. So, long story short, remember last week, no, week before last, I told you, I said, we're not having service next weekend, all that type of stuff. And I was fine. I was fine. And then, you know, went to service on Sunday and, and then got home and, and all of a sudden, now my body was already talking to me. My body was starting to do weird things that it wasn't supposed to do, you know. Start having flashbacks. How many of y'all remember the movie back in the day with the fly? Y'all remember that? <laughs> that thing still scared me. You know, I got, got in that thing, and that fly got in with him, and he... <laughs> no scary movies have ever bothered, bothered me, but that one, yeah, I should have never watched that mess. Okay, but anyway, my body started doing things, and I'm starting like, this, don't, this doesn't feel right. But anyway... So Sunday, my body began to ache really, really bad. And, um, you know, I get, you know, colds and stuff like that. And, and it just began to ache, 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 ache. And then, um, so I said, man, I'm, I need to lay down. Now, I did not know that the aching is that whenever you get some type of flu or virus or bacteria, your body sends out white blood cells to fight against that. And the aching is the side effect. So the aching is actually a good thing. So I didn't know that. You know, and so uh, because I had no coughing, no headache, no, no nothing. It was just, it was just aching. And so uh, as I laid down, um, um, I did not know the Lord would lay me down for a whole week. Literally from Sunday night, this is not an exaggeration, from Sunday night until Friday morning, I was maybe awake two to three hours at a time. 
I would sleep asleep that much. I don't sleep like that, even though I do love sleep. Okay? But but it was just going. That's all it was. It's just, it just aching. I couldn't function. I just laid in the bed. My wife took care of everything. And I'm going to read these three scriptures. Um, I guess the way to explain it is, as I laid down Sunday night, I knew that I needed to get some rest. And as I laid down, um, I laid down and it was like, I, I can't explain it. It's like, it's like I laid down into a machine that spoke to me or the Holy Spirit was already laying on the bed next to me. But, but it was just as clear as you hear my voice. And it was very soft. It was authoritative. And within it was my rebuke, my chastisement, and instruction. And the first, first, the first voice, like I'm in Revelation, uh, the first thing the Holy Spirit said was, in First Chronicles 16:11, He said, "Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face continually." So that was the first scripture that He gave me. Okay, seek the Lord. And the strength. Seeking the Lord is try, you trying to foster a real intimate relationship with an invisible king. That's what that is. When it says seek the Lord and then seek his strength, it's talking about you learning how to operate in the powers of the world, of come, world to come. Okay, Praying in tongues is the doorway into that. That's why you generally don't see churches that don't pray in tongues walking in uh, large amounts of power. But healing, laying on the hands of healing, casting out demons, all of those things that the scripture talks about, the supernatural Okay, and then it says, seek his face continually. Then the second scripture that came to me, I mean, it, it just happened just, I mean, I'm laying my head on the pillow, and as I'm doing like this, by the time my head hit the pillow, he had given me all three scriptures. So when my head hit the pillow, I sat right back up. That was the first one. Seek the Lord in his strength, seek his face continually. Then he gave me the same scripture in a different place, Ephesians 6.10. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Okay. And it also has to do with character. Seek the Lord. Why? Get to know this invisible king. How do I do that? Start someplace. Beg. Ask God in prayer. Tell the Lord you want to get to know him. Study what the scripture says about him. Okay. <coughs> Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And then he gave me the third scripture, which was Philippians 3.10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. So you see those three scriptures. That's why the Bible says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word or principle be established. You see that right there where the scripture said the same thing, the same way in three different places, which is what? Make sure you get as close to Jesus as possible and also learn how to walk in the power. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead, you got to learn how to walk in that power. Okay? So that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. So that was the Lord giving me an instruction um, concerning what he wanted me to do concerning the future. Um, I have listened to other great men of God. Benny Hinn is one that said this, I remember years ago. Yonggi Cho, the man with the largest church in South Korea, he said this. Um, others have said this. And they said that, they said as the ministry grows, they have to pull back and spend more time on the mountain. Uh, you see that with Moses. Um, he had to spend more time on the mountain. I do know that there was a vision that was given. I won't always mention the vision that people give to, so I had to learn to do things a particular way. The vision that was given, and the vision was about me. During the same amount, during the same week that I was down, 
And, and all I did was sleep. I didn't really read. I didn't pray. I think maybe I, in, in a week, maybe I got four. When I say I didn't do anything, I wasn't on the media page. I wasn't on social media. I wasn't trying to see if there was a third individual that had run for president because these two couldn't get there. I, I didn't check nothing, not Fox News. I mean, nothing. I wasn't answering any phone calls. I was just sleeping. Sleeping and the Lord talking to me. I wake up, he rebuke me. You wake up, he encourage me. <laughs> wake up, he give me an invitation. <laughs> this is crazy. You know, I mean, the Lord knows how to set you down and talk to you. And so, um, um, so this vision was given, and in the vision, um, the person said that I was standing there like at the border, similar to like the Mexican and the United States border. And that uh, I was standing there, and I was standing there in, in front of something that I had built. It was a huge wall, and the foundation was deep. They said this thing was just beyond deep. It was unbreakable, and it was strong. It was very, very deep, and it was very, very high. That wall represents this ministry and what it looks like in the spiritual realm. Okay? Um, I mean, no, we pray so long, much. Sometimes you're like, Lord, can I just get a break? <laughs> I want to pray for the rest of my life. Okay? And so, but I'm, I told you, in order for us to handle what we're going to have to handle, that foundation has to be deep. And they said the thing was an awesome sight to see. They said the only problem, though, is that I was standing there looking like an old man. And the Lord showed them that even though this thing had been accomplished, that too much of it had been accomplished in my own strength. See? And so, and so, because watch this, is that if there's grace on me to minister to you right now, it doesn't mean that I'm in his strength. I could still be in my own because of the personal time is not there. Remember I told you, the personal power has to match the corporate power so that you don't destroy yourself. See, I'm teaching y'all this because, you know, some of y'all going to be in ministry too, sooner than you think. <laughs> Bishop Oyedipo just announced they opened 10,000 churches this year. He finished. 10,000 churches in one year with real people. <laughs> you know, I, didn't, I didn't mean it like that. I'm just saying, we're not talking about like a satellite location. You're going to the movie theater and watching this on the screen. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this, these have real pastors, 10,000 churches. Okay. And so, and so, so part of the invitation that the Lord gave me through this person's vision um, was that uh, the Lord was just showing me that you have accomplished this. But so you got to remember in the spirit, I look like an old man. I'm not supposed to look like an old man. I look like an old man because, yeah, you did this, but it took away too much of your youth because you didn't do it in my strength. You did it in yours. And so it was a rebuke, but it was also an invitation the Lord gave me through this person's experience, an invitation to come into the realm that very few men are in, to come into the same realm that Oyudipo is now in, um, which is uh, you have to do everything different. You have to... You have to basically stay in the presence of God. Um, and the Lord begins to do the work of the ministry. You know, see, it's not all the Lord and it's not all you. You're supposed to do the work of the ministry with him, not for him. If you do it for him, you'll drive yourself in the ground thinking that God needs you. And he doesn't need you that bad, folk. God does not need anybody. He just chooses to give us an opportunity to partner with him to build up our rewards on the other side so that for eternity is documented that we took a stand and helped God accomplish what he needed to accomplish in the season of eternity called time. Okay, so, um, 
So that's what that was. The Lord has given me an invitation and letting me, and his exact words were that um, um, I was only one that was allowed to come into this arena. Um, they are, they, let me say something. I have to be careful with that because that can sound kind of Jim jones -ish, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, what you mean you're the only one, you're the chosen one. No, we're not talking about that. that there, there are some things that when you carry yourself a particular way, you hear men get to the end of their life and talk about the cost for ministry. There is a private cost. You have no idea the, the, the pride that I have to swallow, the crap that I have to deal with, the onslaught of the enemy, um, the sacrifice, the prayer, the tears, the frustration, the something like this where all I'm trying to do is get people to walk in what Jesus already died for. But you're getting ready to kill yourself doing it. So if I, re if I receive the chastisement and the adjustment, well, then I can be even trusted trusted further. So it's not a thing of, oh, you're better than somebody. No, no, please. And, and, you know, no, it's that you're more broken than others. See, the Lord knows that if he, if he can get my attention, he knows I'll obey. Simple as that. It's just, it's not, it's not going to be a prayer issue. All right, Lord, let me have a third sign and wonder. Make seven thunders, you know, you know. Make a red Ferrari pull of mine. You know, I'm just, I don't need none of that. If I know it's the Lord, everybody has to move out of my way, period. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care. No, it does not matter what your opinion is. People crack me up, tell them, I tell them, you know, the Lord told me to do such, such, such. Well, you, what you might want to consider? Yeah, what I might want to consider is drop kicking you in your neck. That's what I might want to consider. You know what I'm saying? Just, I, I don't, I, when I know it's the Lord, that's why generally, how many know, you don't generally see me talk, the Lord said this, and the Lord said this, and the Lord said that. You know, now when I know it's him, I will say it's him. Other times I'll say, this is what I sense. This is what I believe. You know what I'm saying? Some of you sometimes have seen me stand people up and give them a word. And then I will tell them, pray about the word that I just gave you to make sure. Because there's just some things. I'm too afraid of telling somebody something that the Lord said and he didn't say it. I'm just too afraid to do stuff like that. You know, you got these jokers out there now. I don't know. Man, they just have coffee with Jesus every single morning. I'm just like, I'm not on that level yet. I'm about to get there, though. Okay, so, so that's the invitation that the Lord said that if I did not come, he said the rest of the others would not be allowed to come. I don't know fully what that means. I, I understand it in a sense. But it's, a, it's the Lord calling to me to these type of Moses type of encounters where it's another level, it's another dimension. And let me say this, you all, it's, it is a big deal, but it's also not a big deal. In the kingdom of God, God always uses one man to get it so that he can come back and give it to all. Always remember that, okay? The kingdom of God used one man, Jesus Christ, to get back what Adam messed up. Jesus got it. And then what he said, I give you all power. <laughs> Is he, one man always goes and gets it, and then he comes back and he gives it to everybody. Okay, And so, so this is a, something where the Lord has called me to a, um, the next stage of this mountain to go and get some things. And his exact words were, if you don't come and get it, he said the entire group will get nothing from this next stage. But if you come in, he said, the rest will be allowed to come in. So I don't know what's on that other side. I do know that it requires a lot of time, spending time in prayer, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, both mean the same thing. You just gotta spend time in prayer. It's a dimension 
just a dimension. And you had to spend a lot of time in prayer. You had to disengage from all of the counseling and all of those different type of things. And, and, and just, 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 and you, you out there alone. Cause you, I mean, I, I, I've been here before. Okay. I'm kind of at the end of this because of what I've been before, you know, but, um, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a huge price, um, to manifest the power that's needed, um, to hold evil forces at bay in order to, uh, for the church to um, advance. <clears throat> so, Luke chapter 5, verse 15. You know, think by the second day or third day, me just laying up in the bed, I came across this scripture. I was like, oh, I didn't know it was that often. It says, but despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster. And vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. And so that scripture just smacked me in the face. I said, oh, so contrary, contrary to the Jesus movies, he went out there just laying hands all day long and preaching all day long and counseling all day long, casting out demons all day long. Did y'all read the same word? It says often Jesus left all of those people and just retreated into the wilderness. Why? He recognized something apparently that I did. The output can't be greater than the input. And that was the son of God. And I always say, Son of God is that way. Who are you? Okay, so how many you know this is an adjustment for us all? Um, I think it's the problem you all is that when you have created a ministry like this in its inception, if you're not careful, you can think that because you have all the answers that you're supposed to be the one dishing them out. You can think, you know, I mean, how many you know that, I mean, there have been revivals in the past where all God did was push an invisible button and people gave themselves, gave their life to Christ just on their own without a preacher. And, and you don't want to lose your salvation trying to get everyone else saved. You know, because again, y'all, there is an eternal reward system. Um, and the Lord gave me a little mini vision of me praying when I was praying in the spirit, praying in the spirit. And, as, and, I, and for every minute that I was praying in the spirit, it, uh, in another realm, my reward was just doing like this, just doing like this. God wants you to get your reward. Um, so there's balance. And, you know, your life is like a steering wheel, like I always say, you know, perfectly, you know, straight road, brand new car. If you're not, you're constantly, you make so many adjustments in that car. You do it so much, it's unconscious. So it's the same thing with our lives. We have to really make sure that we put first things first in that regards. But that's just something I wanted to show you that the Lord showed me is that, um, you know, how many know he showed that to me because I was not retreating myself to the wilderness. You know, I mean, y'all, it was, I mean, I'm telling you, some of y'all know this because I would call you. I mean, I'll get up, do a little prayer time, and then I'll uh, 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 drive the kids to uh, school. And sometimes I'd have to never be on the call. Y'all remember when I used to be on the prayer call and I would preach on the prayer call all the way to my kids' school. And then I would get off the prayer call and sometimes I have the nerve to put y'all on hold while the kids get out the car. But then I, would, then I would find somebody to counsel on the way home. Then I would come home. 
and go to the gym and then, you know, typically I get on the cycling machine and I'm counseling people while I'm on the cycling machine. So I've done all of that counseling, all of that output for three hours sometimes and it's 9 a.m. So imagine doing that day after day, week after week, boom, boom. So the thing that covered me is I live right. <laughs> if I didn't live right, <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. See, this helps you understand why. This helps you understand why sometimes some pastors commit suicide. Why most quit. Most pastors don't retire from pastoring. They just quit. Okay, and they get to the end, and they just they're just they're just out. You know, and um, again, you're it is the only thing where you're running something for someone who knows the end, and you don't know the next day. I mean, you're running something for someone that's perfect, and you're not. He's asking you to run this. And then on top of that, he's asking you to manage his other children into the will of God. And you don't even know what yours is. You know, like the girl told Rick Joyner in the vision, you know, Rick Joyner said he was in a vision, and a young girl walked up to him with a beautiful white horse. And he said, who are you? She said, she said, well, I'm... My name is such, 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 and the Lord told me you would be here by this stream, and, um, and I'm here because you're supposed to teach me how to ride this horse. And he said, well, how can I teach you how to ride a horse? I don't know how to ride one. And she said, yeah, Jesus said you would say that, but he told me to tell you that you would learn how to ride your horse by teaching me how to ride mine. See, so you can't, so that's only in the kingdom can you do something like that. You know what I'm saying? Here you come, you know what? Yes, I'm the next... I almost said wide herb. That's a, all right, never mind. <laughs> What's the race car driver? Um, uh, Errol, um, thank you. I'm in the race cars. I should know this. I'm the next Dale. Let's put it this way. Dale Earnhardt. And, and you come to me, and I don't, know, I, I don't even have a license yet. And I'm supposed to teach you how to win the next Indianapolis 500. Only in the kingdom of God do they do crazy stuff like that. I got to teach you how to get to the end of your road. I'm not at the end of mine yet. Well, guess what? I'll give you the wisdom to teach them how to get to the end of their road as long as you faithfully keep going down your road. And it's just... And so all of this stuff requires you to think completely different in order to make it to the end. And so, but we live in a world where, I, where even in the kingdom of God, quote unquote, people, you know, they want to do everything in the natural. Song, but anyway, let's get through. Let's just finish these last couple. What scripture am I reading? Did I even Luke five fifteen? I already read that. Luke twelve thirty one. So I'm just encouraging you with these last two scriptures to do this. You know, the scripture took up on a new meaning for me, even though it's always there. Luke twelve thirty one. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. It did not say seek church work. There is a vast difference. I mean, no. Unfortunately, at every ministry, usually 10 to 15% of the people are the ones that are running the ministry. We get a better percentage here because we do things differently than most, you know, but, but typically it's 10% that are running the ministry. That 10% wear themselves out to make up the difference that the 90% won't do, you know, but it says seek the kingdom of God above all else. The kingdom of God is not your church. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of God. The church is a building that's just an it's a embassy where the kingdom of God's citizens come to meet 
to handle and learn about the business affairs of heaven. But it says, seek, I want you to really, really think about this. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he'll just give you everything that you need without asking. That's a very tall order, folk. And then he said this, to show you how awesome the kingdom is, don't be afraid, little flock, because it gives your father great happiness to give you the entire kingdom. And that's a very tall order. You know, in Colossians 3, 1 through 3, it says, only seek heavenly things. Seek that which is above, not which is on planet Earth. See, it's, see God understands something, folk. He wants you to learn about where you're going to live forever before you actually get there. Because where you live forever is determined by how you live down here. I'm going to encourage you to, again, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in particular, read those in order and mark or highlight with your iPad every time Jesus says, do this and you'll get a reward. Do this and you'll get a reward. Do this and you'll get a reward. I was just going through that again. And what I started doing was in my iPad, every time there's a scripture that has to do with the reward, I highlighted green since it has to do with, you know. <laughs> but that's very, very serious. You know, or I'm going to say this again. Accepting Jesus Christ gets you through the door. That's why he said, I am the door. Okay. So accepting Jesus Christ gets you through the door. How you live for Jesus Christ after that determines how you live in eternity. That's the reward system. So some people say it's grace. Some people say it's works. Wrong. It's both. It's always one or the other with these individuals out here. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Okay. Luke 13, 24. Work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom. For many will try to enter, but will fail. It's my last passage. Work hard to enter the narrow door, which means that you can't get in working it easy. Because it's a narrow door to God's kingdom. It says, for many will try to enter, but will fail. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. You will stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you came from. But then you'll say, but we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. And he will reply, tell you, I don't know you or where you came from. Get away from me. All you who do evil, that's the defining, uh, that's the marker right there, okay? He's letting you know the category of people who, who hang around the things of God, go to church, claim that they're Christians, but they don't live right. God says those are the individuals. And, and, and from their perspective, Lord, we were hanging out with you. We were talking about you. We were singing about you. We were preaching about you. We were going to small groups. And, 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 and that's a sad thing to think you're doing something for the Lord and he doesn't even know you. He said, yeah, you were doing all of that, but you forgot the first thing. See, it's with the Lord, see, we always have all of these other things that we make important. But apparently with God, you know what the most important thing is? Relationship and living clean. And everything else is nice. But that's for him is the most important. So much so that if you don't live right, they're like, we don't even know you. I don't need Jesus saying he does not know me. 
And now the door is locked. Like you see, yeah, like you see, forever. It ain't like it's a restaurant. Well, we'll just wait here for a few eternal hours and see if they gonna open up and we get another chance. No, like people keep trying to make God be how they how they feel. He is not how you feel. He said, I don't even think like you. And I, I want you to think about that. He said, none of your thoughts are like mine, and none of your ways are like mine. So you've never had a thought that the Lord would have agreed, would ever have, 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 I can't even get it out. See, I can't even talk with, never mind, let me just keep on going. <laughs> That's a tripped out thing when you've never had a thought that he would think. I, mean, I want you to think about this. No matter what and how you have done anything since birth, that is never how the Lord would have done it. Regardless of how simple or complex it may be, he would never, he would have never gone the direction you went. He would have never drove the way you drove. He would have never talked the way you talked. He would have never studied the way you studied. He would have never sang the way that you sang. He would never do anything like you. That's why he says, seek the kingdom. So you can find out how we do things up here. Verse 27. He will reply, tell you, I don't know who you are, where you came from. Get away from me, all you who do evil. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for you. For you will see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. But you will be thrown out. And people will come from all over the world, from east, west, north, and south, to take their places in the kingdom of God, which lets you know that for eternity there is a place for you. You better start to clean. From now on, you will not lose your place. I said, you will not lose your place. I never forget the Lord told Kith to took Rick Jordan up to heaven. And, and Rick Jordan said the Lord showed him some of the highest level thrones, and he said most of them were empty. He said, You want one? And he said, yes. He said, well, you have to pay a price for it. He said, because most have found themselves unworthy for the highest levels in eternity. Okay. And, and the Lord said something to me today. You are forming the basis of your relationship for eternity now. Always remember that. Because it doesn't change when you switch. See, so guess what? Watch this. So you, you read scriptures like, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Which means you'll never see him. Literally. Faginess <laughs> is like, can I give my life to Jesus right quick? Calm down, I'll just come to the altar with you. See, so you're forming that religion. So guess what? So, so, so watch this. Oh, Lord. Individuals who work for God all the time but don't spend time with him, for eternity, you are a worker. Y'all get what I'm saying? So, so, you, you, so they're going to use you the same way on the other side because you're a worker. You, you work for the Lord, so they're usually more like an employee. You don't really, see, y'all remember when Jesus was a minister in that somebody's house? And it says that Mary and Martha were there. And you remember, it says that Mary sat at the feet to spend time with Jesus. And it said Martha was encumbered or concerned or worried about serving. And, and, and she went to Jesus and said, Lord, can't you see I need help? Uh, yes. 
won't you rebuke Mary? Uh, no. He said, because Mary has chosen the better part, and it won't be taken away. In other words, let this continue. It's going to be the same on the other side. And that is that, let me tell you something. If there's one thing that you want to do on the other side, is that you want to be able to fellowship and spend time with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because right now it's invisible. There it's real. You know what I mean by real. And, uh, and so, um, and, I don't want to get too deep with that. I don't want to get too deep. So I understand my point with that. So that's why it's so important for you to fellowship with Jesus and talk to him and get to know him and just, and just fellowship with him in his word because you're going to do that on the other side. But for those that just work for the Lord, it'll be the same on the other side. You're just going to be working for him. And see, now, see, see, that's why the Bible talks so much in so many different places. Keep trying to figure out, seek those things which are above where Christ sits. Not those things that are beneath. It says because your life is actually hidden in Christ. So you got a life, but it's hidden in him. So if you don't spend time with him, he won't reveal to you what's hidden in him. And because it's not revealed, you can't prepare and make adjustments for your actual life. And so you're going to go up there with the mentality down here, and then you lose everything, and you end up being on the bottom rung. I don't need to be on the bottom rung. Jesus didn't die for anybody to be on the bottom rung. Y'all, y'all, y'all understand what I'm saying? So that would be people will come from all over the world, east, west, north, south, take their places in the kingdom. How many are gonna get that high place? Man, the Bible says you rule the reign of Christ, rule and reign what? Oh, y'all, let me tell you something. Because this, this, I only got one more verse, not passage verse. The universe is very overwhelming to me because they say it's expanding at the speed of light. Right now, scientists say that there are more universes, not planets, more universes than people that exist. That's a very difficult concept for me to grasp when you see the glories and the wonders and the technologies and the science behind planet Earth, the fact that you have a ball that is moving and racing around the sun at 60,000 miles an hour while turning like this at 1,200 miles an hour, okay, is what we call this little area we hear. What is it called, the Milky Way? What's the little solar, solar system? I'm sorry, I am not on it today, that's all right. One of the things that it is out among, amongst others is a clock, okay? The reason why those planets are all turned around the sun like that, racing and turning, it's, a, it's, it's several clock down, it's several countdowns in the midst of one. They will all converge at one moment, and that's when the end will happen. Okay. So, what was I saying about that? <laughs> See, this stuff is very, very high-level stuff. Yeah. And so the universe is very overwhelming, and, and, and yet people think that that's all that exists. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what if there were, I mean, watch this. What if there are 100,000 levels that are different than the universe? Yeah, we only know what we can see. And for 6,000 years, they couldn't see that. 
It was the invention of the telescope within the last 100 years that allowed them to learn that the universe was expanding. So for 6,000 years, they thought it was just outer space and may not have known that it was outer space because they couldn't see. You understand what I'm saying? And note this. Some who seem least important now will be the greatest then. Some who are the greatest now will be least important then. He didn't say all. He said some. Which means there are some who are least important now and will be least important then. And then there are some that are considered great now and will be considered great then. You understand what I'm saying? What he just told you is whether you're least or whether you're great, you can still be great on the other side. It's up to you. But guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to find out what Jesus' definition of greatness is. Not your grandmother who has coffee with Jesus every morning. Not your pastor who thinks you can hear from God every single day. Not any what Jesus said. Okay, so let's throw up this last graphic. I'm just encouraging you to do this. Read, study, and consume the word. You know, I think last year we talked on the eternal reward system. I'm definitely going to come back around and teach that again and that right soon. About the things that you do that increase your... The Bible says lay up for yourselves treasures on the other side, not on planet Earth. So read, study, and consume the world. I mean the word. Read it, study it, consume it. You got to read it all the way through, and then read it again all the way through. Then read it again all the way through. And you just got to keep on reading it for the rest of your life. And the more you read the word, the more you're building the rewards on the other side. Pray as much as you can. The Bible makes it very clear that your prayers are converted into other things on the other side. One of them is incense. Okay? Praise God on purpose and in the midst of all negative circumstances. Something is very lacking in the body of Christ. Be faithful in tithes, offerings, and giving to the poor. And serve God with your time and talents and be faithful. Hey, something the Holy Spirit said to me today. He said that uh, in the kingdom, the faithful rule, not the gifted. Jesus said it's those that are faithful to the end, not those that are gifted to the end. Gifts come a dime a dozen. God ain't impressed with gifts. You know, he gave me this pastoral gift. I know sometimes y'all blown away at it. Say, way we're blown away at some of the other gifts that we have here. How many know God is not impressed? Okay. So, that's the deal. That's the rub. So, I'm encouraging you to do that, you know. The Bible says these things are written for our learning so that we who have hope can do, this, do the right thing and not make the same mistakes. You know, so I will be transparent with you. And, you know, I get off track sometimes. And, uh, and, but it's important for you to see when I get off track how the Lord does not leave me. There are too many people that think ministry is about being per perfect. You know, ministry is about being available and living right, living right. Like I said, whatever God has called you to do, your mistakes are built into the equation. It's your blatant sin God can do nothing with. Just remember that. Okay, so we're going into one of the greatest times um, with this ministry and the impact that we're going to have. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I sense greatly, let me say something. 
I sense greatly that many of you will arise in ministry from this place. Uh, and one of the reasons for it is because there are going to be many churches, you know, across the board that are going, you're getting ready to see an abnormal amount of churches implode and close and flat out die and abnormal to the point you're going to think Jesus has left us all. Remember, Jesus doesn't need any of them. So he will close down the one that he like, doesn't like. And right now, the Lord is like trying to get the church's attention because his thing is, I can't use you in the future problems if you can't even stay open during the coronavirus. You're just going to back off and just, you can't do that. And I can't wait to show you all this wonderful picture that is the new face of Lion Heart Church. Oh, this right here is, it's a battleship in the middle of the ocean by itself. And his guns are blasting in both directions at the same time. Oh, yeah, this is, this is a work of art. I start to speak in tongues and go out to eat at the same time. I just, oh, this is beautiful. <laughs> Saw that picture. I said, that is our church. Okay. Like Devon told you, he said there, there's a difference between a battleship and a cruise ship. Cruise ships are for pleasure. So if there are problems, they turn around or they try to unroute the storm. Too many people get sick. We got to bring in helicopters and go back to the shore. Battleships don't play that. And every church is supposed to be a battleship. Okay. So, all right. So y'all good tonight? So I'll be back at 100%, you know, by uh, this weekend. And, uh, but we're going to begin to do things differently, have a little bit more structure, move with speed. We're going to really invade the world now and grow all of our locations. So I hope y'all are ready. Thank you for being patient. You know, the Lord will work with you. Um, he's not in a rush. You are. And he's not too slow. You are. It's funny. God is both too slow and too fast at the same time. You just can't keep up with the man. You just got to just <laughs> hang on. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to cut it off right there. Okay. So let's go ahead and stand. Let me just make these couple of announcements.